0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello
1: and welcome to the 442 Insider podcast. I caught the guys there swatting through their uh, World Cup supplements, uh, ready for another section. But I'm getting in there. Welcome to the 442 Insider podcast. I'm joined today by Deputy Editor Trevor Trahan.
2: Hello. And... Definitely relegated. <laughs> big
1: dog. No, I'm second so you can be big dog publisher Andy Jackson. Woof. Hello, Good lads. Ready a uh, start. Uh, yeah, ready for another chat on uh, all football-related gump. And we're going to start with um, some Champions League games that took place uh, early this morning and yesterday. And uh, first up. Barcelona, into Milan, the game that took place in the early hours of the morning. Barca winning 1-0, but going out of the Champions League. Yeah. What's going on there?
3: Jose. What a guy. What a guy. He is a small child, but I love him. <laughs> he's hilarious. Like, today, is just... The thing I love about Mourinho is the fact that he thinks of football, I'm sure, like it's a play at the theatre, and he's one of the lead actors. Just the way that he conducts himself. you know, He got warned by the referee for coming out of his technical area. And then every single time the camera's on him, he was stood just outside of his technical area. And he's just like, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, and then yeah. at the end, when he ran across the pitch... Did you see it? The well, end when he ran across the pitch, pointing at the. that, that wasn't it? it? was like he'd scored the winning goal, and I love, I love that about it. What, uh, what yeah.
2: about the sprinklers coming on? Did you see that? No. Nah. Well, because they're all, you know, the inter players were there celebrating Mourinho in his nice suit, and, and the Barcelona the the Bar- grounds staff put the sprinklers on straight away, so they all got soaked while they were celebrating.
3: Classic. <laughs> <laughs> nice, but, uh, nice. I mean, yeah, the other side to this was, you know, the fact that Barcelona proved that for all their beautiful football. They cheat and dive and milk like any other team, you know. That sending off was ridiculous, you know. And they weren't the only ones. I mean, Inter were doing it as well. There were parts of that game when you look at it. There was one part where Mike on went round and got, and he got the slightest of touches, sort of hip to hip. He went down as if he'd been shot with a cattle prod. <laughs> you know, it's like you're just like guys. So yeah, I mean, I I, I'm, I think the Mourinho story is the story. It's a great story. Obviously, the the interesting will be now. Do uh, Real Madrid go out and get him before the Champions League final? Because that's a very Real Madrid thing to do, which yeah. is you know, it's at our ground. Come and watch the guy that's going to be your next manager. We've already gone out and got him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so Mourinho on course to become. I think is it the second coach to third, w- third to win the Champions League with two different teams from two different countries. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I know Hitzfeld was one, but uh, I can't remember who the other one but was. But I
3: also think Van Haar, Van Hull has the chance to do that as it, well. Yeah, yeah so yeah. both of them. So either way, one of them will will do that. Yeah, but.
1: Trev, um, I'm sure people like Craig Foster will be crying into their cocoa pops this morning at the death of beautiful football. But um, you know, it's not what it's always about, is it? You know, Mourinho got it right. And uh, let me let me before you answer, let me. Uh, Hit you with some stats, y- y- You've
2: been teasing him with this all morning. I know he he's got these stats. three amazing stats he's about to tell Barcelona
1: us. Barcelona in the second half, 86.4% possession.
2: <sighs> Whoa.
1: Completed <laughs> passes, Barcelona 555, Inter Milan 67. Is that in the second half? Or the no, that's or in the, the whole, whole game. game. Yeah. And Xavi, on his own, made 37 more passes than the entire Inter Milan team in the game. There's some stats That's
2: ridiculous. And it's even more interesting when looking at the fact they didn't progress, you know, for for all that incredible stats that any team in the world would would give a lot for. They still haven't managed to get through. But the the sending off ruined the game because I felt that it were a chance to to get a goal on the break and it, it would be how it panned out. But... Um, yeah, since as then as off went off, Mourinho had no choice to do but they're so well organised defensively like uh, every Mourinho team always is. So mm. Yeah, they
3: were though. I mean there was a period there was a point where I was like watching it on the sort of big T V and they they'd already gone down to ten men. It was in the second half and then someone was cutting inside and the midfield and the defence were just in perfect two banks of four, just following the ball, just moving you know, they were just reacting in perfect unison. Mm. And all he did was he just went to four four one and pulled Eto'o back. I was actually really impressed with Eto'o because um, he's always struck me as, as a bit of a moody, a little bit of an Ibrahimovic runs when it's there or thereabouts. But, but he worked his socks off on mm. both flanks for the team. And obviously he had a point to prove as well with being shipped out of Barcelona. So it would have been a sweet moment for him. Absolutely, t- I didn't actually realise that Mourinho was number two at Barcelona when Guardiola was a player. No, so he okay. was under assistant Robson. there yeah. under Robson when um, when Guardiola was still playing. So there's was a bit of a, another edge there with the coaches. Yeah. Someone
2: was telling me this morning as well that the Barca fans were setting off fireworks. Did you hear this as well? Outside the Inter Milan um, hotel. So they rung the police, but it took the police four hours to get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: apparently there was some uh, looting in Madrid. Uh, car looting and celebrations in Madrid, obviously, with Barcelona getting knocked out. So... Uh, Crazy world of football. The other game, uh, Leon against Bayern. Bayern were 1-0 up in the home leg. Uh, but the game back in Leon, they must have been confident. But uh, Bayern came out 3-0 winners. Hat-trick from Ivica Olich. I love him. Yeah, he, good he's a nice old-school footballer.
3: Yeah, he is, but he like loves sort football. Sort of, loves if playing. he had long sleeves, he'd roll them up. Yeah, yeah. I was really <laughs> pleased for
2: him. Because, you know, especially when he got that equaliser against Man U And you could just see how much he loved
1: Loves playing the game and enjoyed it so I'm pleased he got a hat trick and only the second hat trick in a Champions League semi final. Yeah. Where, where are you getting where these stats the from? Uh, I don't know.
3: If you're, you're going to say it's the 2nd half half stat. No, it's a good stat.
1: <laughs> uh, but Bayern were always in the in the box box seat for this one, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I thought it'd be closer. I didn't think they'd go there and, w- and win three nil. Um, yeah, they were favourites to progress after Leon didn't get an away goal and Bayern have got a good coach and stuff. But yeah, I mean, a good performance, and it's, it's a well-balanced final now, isn't it? And it's quite even in many ways. Two very good coaches, um, two guys recruited <coughs> wingers from Real Madrid and ended up being their star players in Robin and Schneider. Mm. So yeah, it's it's quite close, but you'd fancy um, Inter Milan, if only for the Mourinho factor. Yeah,
1: and uh, Olic was the first player to score a hat-trick in uh, lounge slippers. He <laughs> lounge wasn't wearing them? boots in the game, weren't. No, that was made up
3: <laughs> any thoughts from you Andy? Uh, yeah the Bayern I think I think Bayern will be um, will be tough for uh, Milan because Bayern can sort of um, grind it out just as much as Inter Milan can so I think it'll be interesting to see the way Mourinho plays because I don't think he'll be a I don't think Bayern will be as susceptible as Barcelona to the team that just sits back and um and wait for the chance to to, to hit them on the counter attack. So I think it could be a really dull final. I feel <laughs> that it could be one of those where both are just sort of sitting back, not wanting to give anything away. Um, if I was a betting man, I'd probably put if. my money on. I'd probably put my money on it going on extra time and penalties. So yeah. we know you're putting there's your money on chance, then. <laughs> there's every chance of that. I think.
1: There you go. Well, there's some other games. The Asian Champions League over this week as well. Adelaide United and Melbourne Victory. Uh, last group games, both teams lost. Adelaide United slipping up at home 1-0. Um, Melbourne victory going down 3-2. But contrasting fortunes with Adelaide uh, going through top of the group and uh, winning the right to host the home knockout game. It was due to um, Sanfrecce Hiroshima's 4-3 win against Pohang Steelers. But there must have been a squeaky bum time when uh, Adelaide heard that um, Pohang had come back from 3 1 down, and uh, their loss would have uh, meant they go through second. So, great news for Adelaide.
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, they sort of limped over the line a bit after, after a really strong start. So, hopefully, they'll, um, I'm guessing that the, the next is the next is the round of 16 before or after the World Cup. Two weeks' time. No, it's in two weeks, and then they break. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, home in a one-off game is critical, as we saw with uh, Newcastle last time, where they sort of got into the last sixteen, and then went away and got and got well and truly smanked. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it'd be good time. I think you know, you're starting to see some of the influence. Like Adam Griffiths is is playing well. The what the player for me that is really shining is, is Flores, um, and we obviously didn't see much in the in the A League yet. But certainly, he's one player I'm looking forward to seeing next year in the A League.
1: Yeah, and Casio had a good game as well. They were hit by a few suspensions, weren't they, Trev? They had a few guys out. um, Mullen, Pantelis and Hughes. So not really a full-strength team. You'd hope that in the knockout stages in two weeks they'll be... uh back to full strength are not they
2: yeah they're important players and I don't think they've got the, the deepest of squads at Adelaide either have they but hopefully it'll be a good turnout for that knockout game Adelaide certainly got behind the uh, Asian Champions League the last time they went through to the final and we need a bit more interest don't we a few more fans going to game so hopefully
1: that one will, will sell out yeah and uh, um, Melbourne victory a bit like uh, Dwight York's floor dead rubber um, all <laughs> over the place yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah, yeah it's, it's difficult to... <laughs>
3: I've heard that one before.
2: <laughs> it's um, it's difficult to get excited. But th- th- they showed a bit of fight. They didn't um, just roll over. But um, yeah, they'll be disappointed, won't they? Because I think a lot of people talked about... Last season how rubbish it was to see um you know the likes of the Jets go through after mm. the season they just had and you had a lot of hope for Melbourne but it just it wasn't there really.
3: But they'd be glad to see the back of it really, weren't they, after the start. I know where Yeah, you no, it's just it was sort of like a campaign <coughs> i like, just think from start to finish they'll wanna forget, you know. But some of the young guys got a chance to Gansic good to see him back. You know, the promising start in the A League but then got injured. Um also good to see um our Luke Pilkerton from Football Superstar playing. Mm. Yeah, you know, so he's, he's. I think he's. Um, I think he's either just. He's very close to getting a contract there. Looks like they'll, they'll keep him on, which is great. You know, um, and Ernie Merrick's obviously got the confidence to play him, which is a good vindication for the show. Yeah,
1: yeah
2: he's yeah, a good left-sided player, and sometimes there's
1: a, a shortage of those, isn't there? Absolutely. And finally, looking at um, some of the English Premier League games from the weekend, well, we've got the obligatory ten minutes of Andy talking about Villa against Birmingham. But if we go quickly, don't need to say anything.
3: Anyway. <laughs> 1 0, definitely a penalty. Um, six out of six. S- won the last six
1: yeah. home and away. And right back in with a shout on fourth spot as well, aren't mm. they? Yes, uh, we are. Chelsea obviously putting Stoke to the sword 7 0. Man United uh, taking apart Tottenham in the last 10 minutes. Um, so it's really still up for grabs between those two.
3: Interesting stat. Oh, yes. well, here we go. Do That's the third time Chelsea have scored seven goals yeah, this heard, season. Yeah, I heard that. And Drogba. First- hasn't scored hasn't in scored. any of the seven goals and that's the
2: first time it's a clean season because they had 7-2 seven, 7-1 seven, seven, one one and now yeah. see that amazing bit of skill by nil. him to set oh, up that, that cross touch, that just touch like, is unbelievable,
3: unbelievable. Yeah. that's of those things you do when you're warming up you just flick a heel out it. Yeah, but it was just the way it dropped perfectly to then half volley the cross
1: that's worth the goal isn't yeah. it that one he's probably happy with that yeah.
2: touch so, um. we're not going to talk about the battle at the bottom <coughs> yeah go on Trevor because well, seeing his, uh it's West Ham effectively over after West Ham managed to beat Wigan 3-2 and Hull lost at home to Sunderland and Burnley lost at home to Liverpool. they really limped where out on Where it? Tell
3: us where you watched it, Trevor, as, as a Hams fan. What was tell oh, us the story?
2: Kelly's in in Newtown, and obviously there, there was quite a gathering for the for the Man U Tottenham game. Two good football sides playing, but once uh, that had ended, the music started, the band started, and the West Ham game came on. But Celebrating the West Ham goal, I scared some people because it was near the dance including floor, including the band. and The <laughs> band, and yeah, the, the, band. the band lost what line they were on the song because they didn't really know what was going on. Because not everyone was aware there was a football game going on because it was sort of a screen in the background. <laughs> not
1: everyone at Upton Park is aware of that. Either no, when no. The...
2: But just a quick comment I was talking the other day about Scott Parker. You know, we would have been relegated months ago if we didn't have Scott Parker mm. single handedly kept us up. And it's strange that we've got three England internationals or three people sniffing around international places. And Upson is a pathetic footballer. He's absolutely <laughs> terrible again at the weekend. Another cross came in from the left, and it's a wicked cross. I remember watching it again. What a terrible cross! And Upson tried to control it with the inside of his thigh, and it span up in the air and created a chance for them. Like it's a real, real worry. But Scott Parker, if he was playing. You know, like that in a team chasing for Europe and not struggling against relegation, he'd be in at least um, Fabio's 30. Especially with Hargreaves out and Carrick have no mediocre season, I'd, I'd still have him in the 30. At least Fabio have a look at him. Perhaps not the 23 and not the
1: starting lineup, but yeah, he's had an incredible season. Great stuff. That's all we've got time for on the first section. But join us after the break as we'll be checking out all the news from our website, au.442.com.
4: The countdown to the 2010 World Cup has begun. So now's the time to start showing support for your team. Kit yourself out in all the latest Socceroos gear from Rebel Sport and get ready for the action to begin. We've got men's and kids' away jerseys, shorts, jackets, scarves and wristbands. Socceroos aren't your team? Rebel Sport's got you covered. We've got gear from all your favourite international soccer teams including England, Italy, Brazil and a stack more. Get into Rebel Sport today or shop online at rebelsport.com.au and show your pride on the pitch this season.
0: The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the 442
1: Insider podcast. And Now we're going to have a look at some of the big news from the week in football, both Australia and around the world. First up, new look Socceroos kit unveiled Two varying degrees of um, thumbs up and thumbs down, Ooh. Tommy Orr and Craig Moore out on the harbour and then uh, at the Key restaurant in Circular Key, unveiling the new kit which is uh, a lot more green than usual and uh, alright let's get your opinion first before we talk about what the general opinion.
3: I like it. Personally. I mm. like it. I like it. I, I really think, like it. I think I've finally realised why I like it. Okay. Because it actually reminds me of one of my favourite England shirts of all time, which oh, is yeah. the 1982 World Cup Admiral one with the panel across the shoulder, which I love because I just always remember Brian Robson scoring that goal the first 20-odd seconds against yeah. France. That was the red one with the blue. Um, I like it. It's a bit different. You know, I can remember when the 2006 jersey came out and there was just as much negativity so, oh isn't it boring it's just it's just gold it's got a sticker on for the yeah, emblem you know blah, blah, it's blah. like isn't it? and now I'm sure that probably those same people are now going oh should you know, breaking with tradition and it's like you know I like it I think it's a good kit it's one of those kits though I genuinely think that looks better in the flesh than it does on picture it's Yeah a yeah. people yeah. are like it more yeah. Yeah. One's, one's seen them that I did an
1: off. interview with two UE yesterday and they said oh well you wouldn't find Italy or Brazil messing with their colours um one, I think, you know, you look at Italy's shirt this year. They've got like a, a six-pack stomach and a pair of tits on the front of their their shirt. And um, so, you know, every team mucks around with it because they're trying to find something new. But also, we're a young footballing nation. You know, we've changed kits. If you look back to the 80s and the one that looks like a puked-up omelette from a dog. The spew kit. And, you know, like, there's been experimentation. And, you know, maybe this kit... There's, there'll be such a reaction against it that they will go back to an all gold kit. Mm. Um, but you know we're 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 still young and and you know Nike have put a lot of money into the FFA, um, so I, I I really like it. I don't I don't Look, see a big issue. The it.
2: design's great. The problem is people have associated that you know that experience of 2006 and how good it was, and it's not the design of grown. They just don't like the change mm. you know it's too far removed from what it was before but you know once we've done well at this World Cup then people will be fine with it
1: but let's say After tell, other, tell us what some of the fans have said on our on our comment section underneath uh, the story
2: mixed mixed feedback largely negative Um stick figure what on earth are they thinking um, it's like one of these generic unofficial Australian supporter t-shirts you buy from best and less that weren't even sports specific Real. ouch yeah uh, che Loke I hate it already It's terrible Looks like a field Hockey jersey Um few people Didn't mind it though It mm-hmm. wasn't everyone Who hated it Cat um, Burp Says it's okay hey, cat, cat what? Cat Burp
1: Oh Cat Burp I thought you said no.
2: Nah, it's okay Got nothing against it At least it's a change From the previous jersey um, Reason makes a good point And that was the point I was just making Saying you know it's the definition of new. It's new. It's identifiable. It's cutting edge. There's nothing wrong with it. People like get People like it.
3: Yeah. Can't please everyone all the time. We all know certainly. that. Yeah. You know. You know that when we you know, we were producing a, a magazine or a website. You know. It's, yeah. It's yeah. The other thing is is that it's good that people now care. Yeah. You know, there was probably a time a decade ago when the the new soccer kit. People on two UE wouldn't even give a shit about it. Yeah. you know the fact they're ringing you for comment on it now shows how far the games come. You know, and that people Have got an opinion about soccer shirt. You know, so I think it's just another sign that that we're uh, that we're getting there. Yeah. Well, the media was bu-
1: <coughs> the media was buzzing on the day uh, about Tommy Orr especially being involved in the in the shirt launch and. A couple of people coming up to us and asking whether it was indicative of or going to the World Cup. Some people have been speculating. (laughs) Some
3: people have been talking about it for a while.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Tommy himself has come out and said he's not expecting to go to the World Cup by any means. If I go, great. Everyone dreams of going to the World Cup, but if not, then I'm not going to worry about it. He said that PIM hasn't been in touch with him directly, but. You know he's got to be in with an outsider's chance, isn't he? In that, you know, he's going to be in that twenty-second or twenty-third spot and probably not get a game. But you know, there's there's a I'd, chance. I isn't mean, I
3: definitely think, especially if, as looks likely, Pim um, is going to play Harry Kill in the central role, then I think that yeah, okay, that would probably open up a starting berth for Bresciano. But Bresciano, consistently, particularly if he plays on the left, cuts inside onto his right foot. And so all gives you that option of someone who you can swap late in the game when things are getting a bit tired, put him on that left side who will do what Kuhl used to do so well, which is go outside of players at pace on the left foot and get crosses into the box. And with someone like Tim Cahill, you know, then I I think I think he's going to go. I still think that. I yeah. think he's he's just a different dimension. And sometimes having a player like that, who's got no fear, you know, who's... You know, it, yeah, yeah, doesn't be, really know what he's yeah, doing you know, in the sense of doesn't realise he's glowing. You know, in '98, yeah. you know, he was what was he? 18, and went and scored that goal against Argentina. You know, because he's like, you know, I'm going to get the ball 30 yards out. I'm going to run 60 yards and score because. Mm. It's yeah, you know, it's not. Doesn't really feel real. So I think he's a great chance of going because mm. I just think he brings something different that no one else does, that no one else has got in that mm. squad.
1: And Trev, you spoke to uh, Tommy, got an exclusive interview, and just uh, did a little bit of journalism. Absolutely, yeah. And I filmed yeah, you off doing off it. Off a bit. Bit. They looked like they look look were actually yeah, we were actually
3: there just to record for posterity the fact that you do interview people. Exactly, yeah.
1: yeah. And he was talking about his uh, his little bachelor pad with the uh, two of his other boys. And well, yeah. Uh, well, their- in, the, in Holland,
2: the three raw lads are going out there, and I was asking them about it. And they're obviously like, they getting their own house, no supervision. How good is it's that? Like the three men in a
3: baby house, yeah. with, with a pinball machine in one corner, little hoop in the other. They'll have a vending
1: yeah. machine, a coat yeah. vending machine. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's great. So, um, great, great opportunity for those lads. And uh, on the other end of the scale, Craig Moore coming to the uh, what scale is that? The scale of speed <laughs> and. Um, Uh, Experience and age Um, He seemed to be a little bit animated When you were speaking to him about how fast he was
2: Yeah, I think I was one of the first people to interview him But I got the impression a few journos questioned his speed But it was more about the whole of that back line Because he's he's next to Lucas Mm -hmm. Who isn't the quickest player either So just, you know, are you susceptible to pace? Um, And it didn't go down particularly well He got a little bit animated But he he was trying to tell us that he... uh, can still do 20 metres in 3 seconds, sorry, under 3 seconds, 2.91 exactly, he can do it in, it says, you know, that's not slow, it says, chippers isn't slow, and
1: that was about how fast Andy went when he saw the cookies at the restaurant, wasn't it? From the from the cameras, so anyone can do that. <laughs> what Certainly. are we talking about. So yeah,
2: he, he he wanted to defend that, and he he made the point that a lot of experienced footballers make is that when you're older, experience gives you an extra couple of yards because you can read the game. But right. heard them say that a few times. It's, it's probably true to a certain extent, but there will be a few players Garner, uh, Garner have got a really quick young forward, so he'll be a handful. Although the taxi driver can
3: always he, kick him though. Yeah. But it's, Basically, both Craig and Lucas so are quite adept at doing. But my taxi driver,
1: who took me home from the event, was Ghanaian, and he said the thing he's worried about most is their strikers. He said they got no one who can score. Yeah. So, um, good source on that as well. Exactly. Taxi yeah. Driver. Sydney taxi driver. They know <laughs> everything. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to get me to North Sydney, but he knew <laughs> yeah. loads of stuff about yeah. the about the Ghanaian team. You're, you're so in danger of researching. Uh, tell me about it. I know. I've got to stop that. Uh, more news uh, back in Australia. Perth Glory have signed Robbie Fowler. Um, agreed terms of the club after Fury even refused to table an offer to keep him. Um, Tony Sage, chairman, said, uh, Why did he decide to come to Perth? We convinced him that the lifestyle here was excellent and the way that the club's going and the direction that we're heading. Uh, what I thought was quite interesting was him teaming up with Fergie again after all these rumours of bust
3: ups and. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think it happens
1: in football, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, you know, and I think like, I think the point they make is really like, they're both sort of grown blokes, and yeah, they might have had a bust up six months ago, you know, but they can put it behind them, and you know, and he, obviously Fergie's not the head coach now; he's the assistant mm. coach, you know. So, um, fair play to Perth. I think it's a great signing, you know. I mean, it, it's there's a big expat community there. Wherever he went, he would have put bums on seats, both home and away. So, mm. I think it's a real, you know, Perth. Uh, again I mean, although we said this last year um perth are looking the goods for next season they've it got their be, squad yeah. sorted now already which can only be a benefit you know having that you know when you look at someone like sydney who has still got major question marks you know in through the spine of their team um that perth have now got their squad sorted they'll probably start pre-season soon I would imagine mm-hmm. um and that should put them in good stead you know and, and as well i think fowler being there will certainly take some of the pressure off Stojovsky. I thought he struggled with that marquee tag a little bit. And will also allow him to play in what I think is his best position, which is out wide. Whereas he was sometimes playing as a sort of second striker. Um, and I think I'd just say to Stojovsky, just get wide and get the ball in the box. Because we've now got someone who will who will away. finish. And yeah. I'm quite looking forward to seeing um, Fowler and Jelic. Together, because I think they could form a nice little. uh,
2: Sajowski as well, in Mm. and around them. Yeah,
1: but you know they're in danger of you know as well as getting it right on the pitch that that having, as Andy said, a a English football legend come along for the expat community, they could be in danger of. uh, Selling out most home games as well, aren't couldn't okay, they? Yeah. I think
2: there is a bit of pressure on them to perform this season because we've had a few false starts with Perth, haven't we? The beginning of the season, going, yeah, this could be their year to justify the sleeping giant tag and all the rest of it. So they really do have to pull it off this year. There is a kind of a, a <laughs> you said, gap. You said pull it off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is a bit of a gap because I mean, Melbourne Victory, Muscats a year older. Thompson's not going to be back for the start. Yeah. Sydney have lost the whole spine of their team. So it's a a fair opportunity to get up into the top two this year.
3: Also, fair play to Tony Sage. You know, Mm. he got on a plane, he went over there, he spoke to him, put you know, and I I don't actually think reading between the lines that Sydney ever made an offer. I don't actually think that it got to that stage. I think they probably inquired about his availability and his likely demands, but I don't get the impression that they actually made an offer. what was the interesting this was the way we got the second part of that story was George Scott who's Robbie Fowler's uh, advisor stroke agent actually contacted us through the scoops section on our website I got an email on Sunday (laughs) that comes to me because I get fired to me it was from George Scott so uh, I'd just like to point out I don't know where Archie Fraser's getting his one because at no point did, did Queensland uh, North Queensland Fury make a financial offer to Robbie to stay there. Mm. So that was where the second story came that, um, that Kevin ran. So I just forwarded it to Kevin going, George Scott's just emailed us, here's his contact details. Yeah, So it yeah. shows the way sometimes we get the stories. You
1: know? Yeah. Um, what, what happened was that, they, that George came out and said that they didn't mention any figure at all whatsoever. They said they'd done their number crunching and they felt they couldn't afford him. But they never mention any figure to say we want him to stay, and I think that that was a big factor. You know, like Fowler has come out and said, well, money wasn't the issue, um, but unless they're going to put anything on the table, but with someone like Archie Fraser in in charge, it doesn't really surprise me. The man who oversaw, you know, pretty poor A League season from a sense of uh, crowds and everything like that, it uh, seems uh, true to form. But moving on, Mr. The Blatter, the job of
3: head of A League is on the... FFA website at the moment. Oh, really? Get your
1: CV in? Get your CV <laughs> in. We've got a couple of CVs from some Brazilian coaches, didn't we? Yeah, we've got several. Which a a is fantastic. Right. They were written really well as well. For they? League of A and consideration. Yes. Mm. Uh, brilliant. Maybe some
3: freelance work. On yeah, exactly.
1: We'll get, uh, so, Andy, are you going for that job?
3: Uh, I don't think so.
1: I think you're overqualified. I
3: don't think they can even look at me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Seth Blatter's come out and uh, said that he uh, supports the Qatar bid causing a bit of a furore uh with a lot of Australians panicking that it now means that Qatar uh, is in the box seat but nah, he, he he's come out and said he says I tell everyone that
3: and <laughs> that he's finally admitted yeah, it what right. well, exactly. everyone knows and we've talked about it before you know so Well, it's a bit like the band, isn't it? When the band's on a world tour and every night they say that... Milwaukee,
4: you've been the best crowd ever! You've been the best the
3: following night. Houston, you've been the best.
1: (laughs) One of the interesting or intriguing parts of the story is that obviously Mohammed Bin Haman, the AFC chief, uh, is from Qatar. And he was the guy who uh, challenged Blatter's... um, presidency and how long he was being allowed to stay in with with terms of the presidency and uh, now there's been rumors that uh blatter has paid off bin hammam by making these comments for qatar and uh, apparently with a straight face uh set blatter said i have most certainly not made any deal how could i as president of fifa i would never misuse my office
3: mm.
2: We'll leave that one, but oh, yeah. are you sure people?
3: Yeah, yes. I, I've we, we might get our accreditation I'd love, I mean, I, I don't know what the actual criteria for hosting the World Cup is, but it's difficult to see how Qatar would tick all the boxes. You know, was it in June, 50 degrees?
1: They've got air-conditioned stadiums, though. Did you see that? Yeah, but I, how many cities have they got?
3: Yeah, I don't know. Two? One? Qatar? One, main city. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just very unlikely, 32 it? teams going there. You know, 32 sets of fans. I just don't see how, you know, logistically they can justify it being a World Cup host, mm. you know. Mm. But stranger things have happened.
1: Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we got for in our news segment. Join us after the break, where we'll be uh, listening to Tommy Orr. We got an interview on uh, Monday with Trevor. So have a listen to that after the break and we'll join you for section four.
0: The new issue of 442 is on sale now. In an exclusive interview, Tim Cahill tells us he's 100% better than four years ago as he looks forward to taking his red-hot Premier League form into the World Cup. We assess Argentina's chances of success in South Africa and go one-on-one with the legendary striker Gabriel Batistuta, We relive Blackburn's EPL title, hear from Samuel Eto and go behind the scenes at AC Milan's state-of-the-art medical facilities. If it's in the game, it's in 442 On sale now. Back to 442 Insider.
2: Sure, I mean, how, how about the move overseas? I mean, did you expect that to happen so quickly?
5: No, nah, well, as I said, everything's happened a lot quicker than I expected. But, um, yeah, I suppose, uh, yeah, you can't really get ahead of yourself because you things can turn around just as quickly. I mean, one injury or... A that games and everything's sure. going in the other direction so yeah, you just have to keep working hard and take things as they come I suppose but you know I've always dreamed of playing in Europe so I suppose when the opportunity arose for me to go to Utrecht I was quick to jump on it I suppose.
2: Why do you think it was the best time to go now rather
5: than waiting another season? Um, well to be honest I think overseas um, I think 18, 19 I think that's the best time to go overseas I think after that. It becomes more difficult to try and break into the first team. There's high expectations of yep. you and things like that. And um, yeah, I think also with Michael Zola and Adam Sirota going over at the same time, um, I'm pretty good friends with both of them. So yeah, I think it would make the transition a lot easier. Easier settle in. So you've obviously been over there and stuff. Have you been training with them? Yeah. How has it been settling in? Um, yeah, I think everyone at the club is uh, are really nice. And yeah, I think it's a club that does really, or has done really well in the last few years in the league. And yeah, I, I guess. Think it was perfect. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Holland's a pretty good country to live in. Yeah, sure. As well. So yeah, you know, everything about it was pretty, pretty good. How about the, you know, the Dutch league as opposed to sort of other European leagues? Why do you think that that would be a good fit for you? Um, well, I think in Australia at the moment as well, there's a heavy Dutch influence. Um, yeah, with all the national team staff and coaches and stuff. So I think, yeah, going to Holland, I think obviously they'll always have an eye on you. Mm. Um, yeah, you're kind of not away in the dark. Yeah. You're yeah, everyone's f- fairly like involved still and stuff mm. like that, so um, on that note, it was really good. And uh, I think also it's a very technical league, so mm. I think hopefully I'll learn a lot in the next few years. Yeah, and, sure. Yeah, benefit my career. So.
2: You know the three of you going over, you all living together?
5: Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> What's so, that going to be like? Oh, well, I think we're all pretty great, close mates. Yeah. Uh, obviously we went over for a month before and we all got along really well, so. Yeah. Yeah, cool. no, I think that, that should be fun. What's your place like then? Um, well, I haven't seen it yet, so <laughs> hopefully, yeah, it'll be good. But um, yeah, we'll find a like stuff out in a few months when we go back. So, so
2: you've got a three bed place, it's just the three of you, no one else is going over. Yeah, it's just us three. So, yeah. It's going to get messy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, talk, going on to the soccer I mean,
5: talk us through your debut about getting called up and then how you think you went in the first game. Um, yeah, well, obviously, I, when I first got caught up into the Kuwait camp, um, yeah, I suppose I was new to it all and yeah, you know, I was very inexperienced obviously but um you know I think in the second camp I sort of was u- u- used to how everything worked and all that kind of stuff so I was probably a lot more comfortable. And you know I think I was surprised lucky enough I suppose with a few injuries to get the get the starting spot and yeah you know I suppose I thought you know, I just there was nothing really to lose so I just went out and yeah you know, tried to play my game and I suppose luckily for us, we won, got the result, and qualified for the Asian Cup, so it was good. Yeah, sure. You, you know the media like they like
2: to um, get overexcited over things, and obviously, how well you perform when people are calling you this and that, and the next
5: kill. What was it like reading all that kind of stuff? Oh, I think all of that's very premature to be honest. I mean, uh, always, yeah, well, always sensationalised. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, one good game is yeah is a good game. I suppose if, if you can perform consistently over a long period of time that's I suppose the true test so, yeah. yeah I suppose that's my next goal to mm. try and yeah maintain a bit of more consistency than I have probably in the past mm, yeah sure um, I have to talk about the World Cup obviously you must have thought about it well, what do you think the chances are oh well, to be honest I don't, I'm not really expecting to go by any means if I go great I mean everyone dreams of going to the World Cup but you know I suppose if it happens then it happens if it's not then yeah I'm not going to be worried by it at all I yeah I really don't know what to expect so I guess I'll just take that as it comes. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you don't go, obviously, young enough to, you know, Brazil's still going to be a, a, a good time to go, but would you like to go just for the experience, even if you didn't plan uh, the like walk Cup? Of course, I mean, yeah, everyone everyone dreams of going to World Cup, and I was lucky enough to go at such a young age, and that would just be an amazing experience, and yeah, so of course it'd be absolutely amazing to go. So sure. what about Pim, has he, has he spoken to you about your chances? Um, no, not, not individually, personally, he hasn't said anything to me, but, um, you know, I think there's a lot of good players in contention for not many spots, to be honest. I mean, yeah, if you look at all the young boys, the and Bitsa, all the boys playing overseas at the moment who are playing at a very high level and doing really well. So, As I said, there's a lot of competition for places, and I'm not going to be upset if I miss out, but yeah, I suppose that's just another goal for me to try and work hard. But, yeah, as I said, I really don't know what to expect.
2: Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But I mean... In terms of what position you think you'll play when you get into soccer, you
5: know, where's your ideal squad, spot in the squad? Um, well, obviously, I normally play on the left wing, so yeah. I suppose, uh, as, I, as I said, I think there's a lot of young attacking players coming through. Like David Williams, as well, is another one. Yeah, and yeah there's, you can name four or five more, so. As I said, I think yeah, it will just all depend on who, who he thinks fit enough at the time and who's playing well in yeah, three or four weeks' time. I think that will determine who he picks. So, wait and see what happens, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Um, just a final question. I wanted to go
2: back to the length of the contract you've got in Holland. Because you've got a you fight, is it five years you got? Yes, that's right. Um, I mean, that must be quite reassuring to get such a long-term deal over there. Does that help you
5: settle in? Or? Definitely. I mean, yeah, I think it gives me a lot of security and probably takes the pressure off for the first few years off yeah. me. Um, yeah, I suppose all I have to concentrate on the first few years is just developing my game. And yeah, so I suppose if it was a two or three year contract, there would be a lot of pressure for me to perform right straight, right straight from the word go. But uh, you know, I suppose I can try and settle in and yeah, I suppose enjoy myself a little bit more maybe. Yeah, sure. But, yeah, but cool. definitely. Thanks, Tommy. No Thanks, worries, to your time, mate, no Take care.
4: care. The countdown to the 2010 World Cup has begun. So now's the time to start showing support for your team. Kit yourself out in all the latest Socceroos gear from Rebel Sport and get ready for the action to begin. We've got men's and kids' away jerseys, shorts, jackets, scarves and wristbands. Socceroos aren't your team? Rebel Sport's got you covered. We've got gear from all your favourite international soccer teams including England, Italy, Brazil and a stack more. Get into Rebel Sport today or shop online at rebelsport.com.au and show your pride on the pitch this season. Rebel Sport
0: the latest on the world game this is 442 Insider welcome back to the 442 Insider
1: podcast great stuff from Trevor there with Tommy Orr at the launch of the new Nike Socceroos home kit but now we're going to go straight into World Cup group B now um, following on from what's the letter before B (laughs) whatever Ah. group A which was last week group B now and in group B we have Argentina Nigeria South Korea and Greece. Mm. Okay.
5: Uh,
2: hey. Greece, giving you the sneeze <laughs> look at that <laughs> <Greece has> going. <laughs>
1: sorry about that uh, that's alright we're coughing and sneezing if um, anyone in strep one is listening to this sponsor our podcast from now on we've got Bieber fever get some lozenges <laughs> yeah definitely I've a
3: swine flu jab before Africa
1: well look here we go Argentina do you think that they'll get their act together in time for the World Cup or do you think that they're going to have a shock exit from the group stages it's very touch and go isn't it
3: yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll have enough to get through the group. But I think, in, I think just the raw talent and individual ability will get them through the group. But I'm not convinced that Maradona's got the sort of tactical nous to, um, to get them through the later stages when it becomes a bit more of a game of chess and it's, you know, react and, and react to that. And I mean, he seems to have uh, settled on this um, system of playing four centre-backs. <laughs> and not actually having any fallbacks. Yeah. Um,
2: Revolutionary new system. Yeah,
3: which leaves them a little bit sort of susceptible to to, to natural width and wingers. Um, and obviously, the, the the big story is is his use or misuse of Messi. And does he play Messi in his right position? Is he playing him out, you know, out of position because he's afraid of Messi becoming the greatest ever player in the world? And there's all of these sort of subplots mm. to it. I don't, I can't I can't imagine he'd be that vain, would he? No, would he? Yes, mm, I do. Possibly. But surely, surely, the after everything is in, his overriding objective would be to deliver the World Cup as a coach, They'd mm. love having to delivered the ball, it as a player. To go, there you go, guys. Thanks for all the crap. Um, there's the World Cup. You know, um, I think the, the the question mark is, you know, can Messi take that step up from being the best player in the world at, at club level to being the best player in the World Cup, and that'll be fascinating to watch.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. a lot of people have been saying or, or mentioning that South American teams have a bit of a reputation for qualifying poorly and then going on to win it, um, Argentina in 86 didn't have a great qualification I don't think Brazil 94 certainly didn't Brazil 2002, oh, these are all winners, they had to qualify in the last game of South American qualification so a lot of people are saying oh, you know, the same might happen for Argentina again I think the point I'd make there is the coach the coach for Argentina 86, Carlos Bellardo, he had 15 years of experience. Uh, Brazil 94 coach, 27 years of experience. Scalaria, 20 years going into 2002. So they're all, you know, experienced coaches that weren't slightly unhinged. Yeah. And that's, the, you know, <laughs> that's the qualities that Maradona hasn't got. And I just can't see him getting it together. And
3: I'm going to stick my
2: neck out and say they're going to go out in the
3: groups. Oh. <gasps> so many sand bites are going to be replaying at the end of July Argentina
2: will definitely go in the group losing all games now nah. they won't but they won't lose <laughs> all games but I, I don't think they'll make it through
3: well, it's interesting to say is that um our, the last winter world cup was nineteen seventy eight yeah and Argentina won it although they were at home mm. they were hosts but that was the last sort of that was the last world cup to be played in a in a winter
1: yeah so. Well, even though Trevor said that he thinks they're going to go out, Argentina look to be the favourites. Um, who do we think's in the box seat for the second second spot? have obviously got Greece, Nigeria, South Korea.
3: I think it's one of those where you could flick a coin. I think you know, you know, we know what you're going to get with Greece. They, you know, qualified via the playoffs, one goal into you know, in the two playoff games. They're going to be very, very difficult to beat. Mm. Um they didn't concede a lot of goals in qualifying. Um that's how they won the Euros by being very difficult to beat, getting a goal, sitting back, I think that's the way they're gonna play. They play within their limitations. And it will be a question of whether Nigeria and South Korea can break that that down, you know, and that remains to be seen. I think South Korea I think will be, you know, technically very good. Um you know, they've got more and more players playing overseas, getting experience like Park Man United, who's going to bring that in? You know, he's captain. Um, so that, those three, you know, they're three of the ga- those games between those nations that I really enjoy the World Cup for. Mm-hmm. Nigeria, South Korea has the potential to be one of the games of the first round because they are have got a genuine chance going through, but they know to do that, they've probably got to beat each other. So that's one of those games where a bit like Socceroos versus Japan at the last World Cup, you'll have two teams that will go at it for ninety minutes because. They need the three points from that game. Mm.
1: S- South Korea were the only undefeated team in Asian qualifying.
2: Oof! But, I mean, nice stat. The, yeah, it's exactly. that. I mean, they're, it's not like they thrash teams, are they? No, they have not. Got glut of goals, but I think well, I'm going to pick two out of these three. Aren't I because I don't think Argentina yeah. are, are going to make it through the final games are going to be the interesting ones June 23rd because it's Greece-Argentina I think Greece are going to win that game I think they'll beat Argentina and I think it'll be down to that Nigeria-South Korea game who goes through Nigeria will be strong favourites but I wouldn't rule out South Korea probably be a goal in it but I'll, I'll go Nigeria-Greece to go through from the group
3: I okay. think it's going to be Nigeria and Argentina because I, I think that our, Nigeria will have the firepower up front to to break down Greece and I think South Korea will struggle to mm. do that um, I mean look at Yakubu obi Fermi Martins obi Mikel in the midfield who's been benefiting from getting a lot of game time um, for Chelsea because of SEN missing for much of the season mm-hmm. so I think they'll, they'll be just be too strong
1: When it comes down to a coaching battle obviously Nigeria have got Lars Lagerback who was the Swedish national coach for a long um, time yeah 20 years yeah. in the setup at least and obviously you've got Diego Maradona very patchy and uh, Greece's coach Otto Rehagel. Um, if it comes down to, a, as you said, a bit more chess and a bit more of a coaching game, you've got to put the advantage to uh, Greece and Nigeria, haven't you?
2: Yeah. Well, I it, I don't think that there'll be a much difference between what goes through it. It'll be the odd goal, and Greece and you know South Korea are going to frustrate Argentina, and I just don't think he's got the ability as a manager to even motivate, and certainly not tactically. To get his players to do what he needs to do to get them through, and that's mm. why I think they'll go out.
3: And also, I think you know all the African nations will be well supported at the World Cup. Yeah. You know, the South Africans will get behind the other African nations as well. So The neutrals in the crowd, w- when an African nation plays, will be going looking for that win. So I think that could end up being the difference as well. That that they will have a fair bit of support behind them.
1: And when we're looking at players to watch, anyone? Uh Outside of obviously Leo Messi who oh yeah, yeah, Leo Messi. Argentina, I think he plays for, but the well,
3: one thing would be I mean it, again, you know Maradona, one of the issues he's got is just choosing who he plays, mm. you know because he's got up front you know you 've got Iguan, you 've got Aguero you 've got tevez you 've got Messi, and he can 't play all of them, you know, um none of them over sort of five foot five but um I think Iguan has obviously had a, a good season for Real Madrid. Um, I think he should probably start, um, and I think he will definitely be the one to watch if he can carry his club for him. Mm.
1: Martin Palermo as well. The what is he the sixty-five old-timer. or yeah, something yeah. like that? How's He's still a, going? scored a couple of crucial goals in qualifying, so he might be a, another player to watch. Trev, who's who's going to catch? Who do you think is going to catch the eye of uh, World Cup fans?
2: I think for Nigeria, um, John Johnovi. Yeah, I can see um, him doing well. It's one of those groups where you can see, um, you know, someone coming through that you didn't expect. But someone like Greece, I don't think anyone will, because they're just a unit, aren't they? Just mm. a defensive unit, hoping to bundle through a, a set piece. Um, I think it's more interesting than the Argentina team. Who's going to do well out of there? Can they get the, be- the best out of Messi, or are they going to rely on someone else? I mean, when you think of the season that Tevez has had, and then you you look at their lineup and doesn't look like Tevez is going to start and that's when you start thinking surely, surely they've got the players to get through I just don't think they've got the, the coach or the organisation
1: mm. And um, you've told us which teams you think are going to go through but looking at who they play against in you know, the round of 16 and, and, and what side they're on they have obviously go up against the South Africa, France group, Group A yep. um, is that a good, you, know, you think that's to their advantage uh, going up against the, the teams in Group A?
3: I think, so. I think certainly the team that wins this group would certainly fancy themselves as, as getting one of the easier round of 16 games. If you think mm. of the, that, the group we looked at last week, with, um, you know, the hosts, Mexico, Uruguay, France, you'd probably say the second place team in that <coughs> will be one of the weaker teams to make the last 16. So mm. I think winning this group is a massive incentive.
2: Yeah, nodding nod, so nodding be, in agreement. It'd be interesting if Nigeria and the South Africa played each other in the next mm. round, wouldn't it? Yeah, imagine the atmosphere of that game.
1: Yeah, excellent. Well, that's great stuff. That was Group B. Join us next week as we'll be talking about Group C. Um, and
3: everyone will be able to catch up with us on Wednesday when the mag comes out get, get, get we'll our mag style of a metal and maybe pick some other ones
1: <laughs> for a bit of uh, <laughs> a shameless self promotion Andy tell us all about the bumper pack that we've got going May on May
3: the 5th which is next Wednesday on yep. sale goes our biggest ever issue weigh tops of scales at about just under 800 grams so Which is nearly a kilogram. I nearly
1: said 800 kilograms. That was huge. That would be,
3: be bigger <laughs> than your car. Um, and we've got mag, 116 page mag, 68 page World Cup guide, A1 wall chart, Panini sticker book, official World Cup sticker book, stickers, and a DVD all in the bag. How can you beat that? You can't beat that. So beware. Whatever, On sale Wednesday. I was going to say beware
1: of cheap imitations, but beware of more expensive imitations. Hold your good money till Wednesday and keep us in a job by buying our magazine, please. So that's all the time we have for in this Insider podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next week.
0: 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.